What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Pursuit, a journey in the life of sports. I'm your host, Chris Mongelia, Director of Men's Basketball Operations at Princeton University. This podcast is all about exploring the intellectual approach to maximizing your ability. We talk with accomplished professionals in the sports industry and learn what has allowed them to be able to succeed on their journey in the life of sports. The goal here is for listeners to collect as many high-performance habits and behaviors as possible and then be able to adopt and apply them into their own lives and careers. On this episode, we're going to try and do something a little different. One of the major themes we discovered from the first four conversations was the importance of reflection in everyone's story. So we decided to release what we are calling the Reflection Sessions. From here on out, every fifth episode, we will look back and dive deeper into topics from prior episodes, elaborate on how comments from our guests were relatable to my path, and just simply reflect on anything that ignites thought from these conversations. This podcast experience has been a combination of things for me. And one that I don't want to be lost in the minds of the listeners is that this has and will continue to be just as much of a discovery, learning, and growth process for me that it may be for all of you as listeners. I do not have all the answers and continue to seek in every interaction a way to still maximize my ability. I wanted to start off this episode by thanking everyone who's been tuning in to all of these conversations. Whether you are a friend, a family member, a colleague, a contact, or just someone who stumbled upon this channel. I really appreciate all of you for joining me on this journey as we continue to pursue an intellectual approach to maximizing each of our own abilities. If you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoy producing them, please rate and review the podcast on whichever app you choose. It can really help grow the audience and continue to get these conversations out to others. Again, thank you for joining me for each and every conversation. Throughout the first four episodes, I had a lot of thoughts while listening to each guest share their perspectives and stories. And each guest, in one way or the other, touched upon the importance of reflection. And that has been such a huge part of my career and really is at the core of who I believe I am as a person. A lot of people have reached out to me asking me when I was going to share my story and my perspectives. And as I continue to reflect on each guest's thoughts and words, I felt like this would be the good opportunity to give the listeners what they want, my perspective and my story. So we're going to give this a shot and, and I'll share and elaborate on ways that I relate to the importance of some of the previous guest touch points in my own journey in the life of sports. For the first reflection session, I felt the importance of opportunity was the most fitting topic for the episode. I have always felt like the gift of opportunity is the best thing that someone can give to you and the best gift that you can give to another person. The opportunity to prove your worth, the opportunity to fail and learn from your mistakes, the opportunity to give your best effort and accomplish way above the line of expectation. Not everyone is always as fortunate enough to be granted the opportunities that they desire to have in life. And that is why it is among the best gifts you can receive in the world, an opportunity. Creating as many opportunities for yourself when you're getting started on a journey is one of the best pieces of advice that I can give to someone. Focus on the opportunity right in front of you 
with your best effort and who knows what doors it'll open for you. This episode will almost exclusively be geared towards just that, my first opportunity in coaching at Riverdale High School in Northern New Jersey, where my story really begins. Back on episode three, Chris Metapore mentioned the importance of an opportunity and how being ready for those opportunities was pivotal in his career. I think it's huge. I think opportunity is, is huge. A lot of it has to deal with that. Even I think in the NBA, when you see with the players getting a chance to play and playing time, even college basketball, the, that when your opportunity strikes, you have to be ready and you have to put in the dedication and the time and prepare always from like prepare like you're always going to play no matter what it is and be ready for that moment. And once that moment comes, you're ready. You don't want to have that moment come and you are, oh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't in shape. I wasn't, you know, that's for the playing style that you should always be ready for your moment. And so I got very fortunate with people giving me opportunities and people going to bat for me like Ben and Denise. It really reminds me where my journey began. I was just a young, passionate, aspiring basketball coach looking for a chance to test my skills or explore the world of coaching. I did not have many options, so I reached out to a local high school basketball coach who lived in the same town as myself and my family and whose son I grew up playing basketball with. Brian Long was a longtime head coach at Riverdale High School just a few towns over. A rival, really, from the high school that I grew up and attended, but I didn't care about that. Coach Long gave me the chance to just come and observe and assist in any way possible, an opportunity. I remember watching basketball games when I was younger, always trying to figure out why coaches made certain decisions or how they were executing offensively or defensively. I was never really watching for enjoyment or appreciation of the talent of the players on the floor. It was more about the execution of the plays and maybe how preparation and practice prepared those teams for those moments. I would always draw plays on line notebook paper in my room and collect them in a folder. I would even draw plays during classes in school. I have since stumbled upon some of those drawings within the last few years, and let me tell you, none of those plays would work, but maybe that's a story for another reflection session. But up until that opportunity that Coach Long provided for me, I was just a passionate, uh, eager young man with nowhere to express or experiment all of my ideologies. In the fall of 2010, I walked into Riverdale High School with no expectations. My mindset was not what this opportunity could do for me, but what I could do for this opportunity. <laughs> I know that's a, a little bit of a John F. Kennedy speech reference for you there, but that was really my approach. I was grateful for any opportunity and was only focused on what I could do to show my gratitude for the chance that I had been given. Quickly and smoothly, I attached myself to the freshman team whose head coach was Adam Fasendola. Adam was a few years older than me, but filled with just as much energy and passion for both basketball and coaching. We shared and bonded over that similarity, and I really found my role acting in ways as his assistant coach. I still helped and volunteered with the JV and varsity teams, but my experimenting and my voice was invested in the freshman team. I came into that experience with so many opinions, thoughts, and ideas. And Adam gave me a voice, and I had influence with him almost immediately. I often think about that year and what it was that made Adam feel so comfortable and allow me to have so much input that quickly. And it wasn't because he was lazy and, and didn't know, you know, didn't want to do the work. It was the exact opposite. He was always interested in doing more and doing things better. And that's really where we aligned. 
But all of those years and hours I spent watching basketball and planning plays and organizing drills, it prepared me for when an opportunity presented itself, just like Chris mentioned in his quote from episode three. First by Coach Long allowing me into his program, and then Adam for giving me that blank canvas to, to begin experimenting and learning how to be a coach. Back on episode one, Tim Sweeney spoke about the opportunity that his former employers provided for him during his time as an assistant coach. The people that I worked for, Coach Bob McKillop at Davidson, Mike Neer at Rochester, Dave Paulson at Bucknell, and Matt Matheny at Elon, all, of my, all my mentors, uh, encouraged me to um, learn every aspect of the, of the trade and, and to really uh, they, and they all allowed me to get my hands dirty in all those areas. So I'm very grateful to them always for that. I have the fondest memories of Riverdale. The players, the coaches, and yes, even the parents. When I really reflect on my time at Riverdale, I realize how important it was for the development of myself as a coach. In 2011, Coach Long retired and everyone was promoted up a level. Ron Van Saters was a former player at Riverdale and Coach Long's JV coach and he was promoted to be the next head coach. It wound up being the best scenario for me as a young coach, and I didn't even know it at the time. Much like Tim spoke about in episode one, Ronnie saw the passion and the dedication that I worked with in year one with the program and allowed me to further expand my input this time throughout the program. That year, I was assigned to be the head coach of the middle school 7th and 8th grade team. I felt like I was prepared the year before coming in to be a volunteer, but then after one season of refining and reflecting on all things coaching, I felt as prepared as ever to be the middle school head coach. And and I kid you not, I approached that job like I was Roy Williams, the head coach at the University of North Carolina. I had very defined ideologies, a clear vision for how I wanted our team to be coached, and definitely a system for the brand of basketball that I wanted our team to play. What Ronnie created for me was really the best of both worlds, and none of us even knew it at the time. I had my own team with the freedom to plan, design, and instruct things the way that I wanted them to be done. So much discovery went on for me personally that year. But at the same time, I was still connected and influential at all levels of the high school program. So again, just opportunities and a blank canvas to experiment and explore. We did a lot of winning that season with a great group of kids but I often think back to the mistakes that I made that maybe no one noticed at the time, including myself. But when reflecting, I realized how I should have done things differently. There's one story in particular that was my favorite from that year. We were 19-0 heading into the middle school championship game of the Maywood tournament, which was basically like the NBA finals, or at least I thought it was at the time. We had beaten most teams that season by at least 20 points or more, only playing one or two games within a single-digit victory. I remember foolishly staying up to plan a passionate pregame speech for the locker room the next day, uh, one of those speeches that, like, you see in the movies. And I remember sitting in our office in the middle school, waiting for the bus to arrive with my headphones on, probably listening to some intense music, you know, my eyebrows lowered with intensity. Again, like, how foolish thinking back at it now. But this was the NBA Finals, right? So the kids were excited. All of their friends and families were coming to the games. All the high school coaches were, you know, going to be attending and they hoped to impress them. So pregame warmups happened and I bring the team back into the locker room about 15 minutes before the game, just like a college team would. And I give my speech, you know, I couldn't tell you now what I said, but it was probably full of puns, cliches, 
you know, motivating pump up phrases like, this is your moment. This is what we worked for. The stands will be packed for you. 20 and 0 are bust and everything, you know, along those lines. And, and the kids went crazy. If a group of seventh and eighth graders could knock down a wall, it would have been them after that speech. At the time, I was like, ah, oh, it's so good. And I felt so accomplished and proud of myself for delivering such a motivating speech. You know, no doubt, Riverdale Middle School wins this game by 35 points after that speech. I could not have been any more wrong. We came out and we were horrendous. We were firing the ball off the backboards, nearly shattering the glass, dribbling the ball off our own feet, throwing the ball out of, ground, out of bounds to our parents in the stands. Like We were down 22-5 to five midway through the first quarter before we could even blink. I just remember thinking to myself, like, who was this team? Where was my 19-0 team? And most importantly, where was the team that broke down the doors after my Oscar-nominated pregame speech? <laughs> Luckily, we pulled ourselves together and wound up pulling off a 50-45 to victory and winning the championship. But the lesson that I learned from that experience came a few months later. In the fall of 2012, I was finishing up my undergraduate degree and taking a sports psychology class. And I remember reading and learning about the psychology behind talking to athletes and how each player is different, you know, some needing to be pumped up, some needing to be calmed down. Then we talked about dealing with big games and championships and how in those situations, you don't need to let the players know how big those moments are. Chances are they're, they're well aware of that moment already. And in fact, you might need to build their confidence up in that moment. You might need to reassure them that they are built for that moment. Calm them down in a sense, you know, ease the pressures around a championship game. And I just remember sitting there and I couldn't believe it. So I raised my hand in class and I told the story of our championship six months prior and about our record, my speech, our performance, and I'll never forget it. My professor was standing at the front of the room, smirking the whole time. And when I finished, she said, you almost lost the championship game for your team. And I laughed and I was, she was right. I did everything wrong in preparation for that championship game, and I didn't even know it at the time. But it is one of the many reasons that I'm so grateful for my Riverdale experience, for giving me that opportunity to learn from that mistake. Thank you to senior year college sports psych class for pointing out what a bad coach I was in that moment. And I'm mostly grateful for those players for coming back and winning that game, which made that mistake and lesson a little easier to live with. Most recently on episode four, Lisa Van Akron spoke about the importance of having the opportunity to exchange information in a safe space with somebody else. To be like, I don't understand this. I, I remember us having like distinct conversations where I'd be like, I don't get this. Like I can't, you know, I've had a week to think about it. I see, I can't wrap my brain around this. Can we talk about this? And the ability to do that and process almost out loud with someone um, especially somebody that you trust, is essential for growth. In year three at Riverdale, I was elevated with that graduating eighth grade class to be their head freshman basketball coach the next season. And with two years completed of hard work, passion, and dedication to the Riverdale basketball program, the trust and the freedom that both Ronnie and Adam continued to give me was exactly what someone like myself needed. I was running 7 a.m. workouts in the summer, I was doing strength and conditioning workouts with our players three days a week in the weight room and on the track. I had the enthusiasm for all of this, and Ronnie and Adam allowing me to do all of that provided me with the space necessary to grow. To experiment what worked and what didn't work, to work without the fear of failure, 
But just as Lisa mentioned during our conversation, the safe space of conversation and reflection and the vulnerability that I developed with Adam as we were working together on the same staff was pivotal for my growth. If you ask him now, I'm sure he would say how much I helped him and guided him and taught him so much because that's who Adam is. Very gracious and always very appreciative. And maybe it's partially true that I did help him and guide him. But what he probably doesn't realize and what I definitely didn't realize at the time was how much he was helping me grow in those conversations. We talked about everything that had to do with Riverdale basketball in a safe and vulnerable space. Problems with a parent, we spoke through that together. Difficulty connecting with a player, we spoke through that together. Looking for guidance on a substitute pattern, we spoke through that together. I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. Sure, I had strong opinions and, and lended my advice and suggestions, but all of those conversations made me think and made me solidify my beliefs. Between the two of us, I'm not sure if we ever held something back from each other or, or failed to disclose an obstacle that we were facing with our teams during my four years at Riverdale. And Lisa was right. It was the key to growth. And it was the key to my growth. Late in episode two with Carrie Moore, she revealed this thoughtful take on things that she is most proud of as a coach. Probably the thing I'm most proud of is, is just the relationships that I've built. You know, the, the random text messages that I get from former players, um, you know, that are just checking in or, you know, they've, they're going through something um, that they just wanted to share. Uh, you know, I think it just really attests to the time that, you know, I put in to really get to know them, you know, not just as players, but as people. Um, so I think the relationship piece will always probably be the most important thing for me throughout all this. In the spring of 2015, during my job interview with Coach Dunn at St. Peter's, I remember him asking me in the interview something along the lines of, why do you want to coach at this level? And I answered that, you know, I wanted to make a difference in players' lives and blah, blah, blah. And I remember him saying back to me something along the lines of, well, then maybe you should have stayed at the high school level because that's where you can make the biggest impact on lives. And at the time, I was very angry at his response because I so badly wanted that job on his staff. But within a few years, I realized that he was right. So much of working with middle school and high school players is the opportunity to shape and mold their lives in hopefully a positive manner. And coaching at the collegiate level, and more so the Division I level, is maybe guiding those lives of young adults. Not that you can't have uh, a huge influence and be an influential figure at the college level, but Coach Dunn was right to say that back to me in 2015. When I think back to my time at Riverdale, I don't think much about the amount of games that I won there as a coach. I don't think about the tournaments that we won, but I think about the time that we spent with those players. In the classroom, when we would do meetings and have a weekly themed quote, or talking about character and being a good person. I think about the laughs in practice, triumphant moments in the locker room. But Carrie was right with what she said. The proudest moments are when you feel your phone vibrate and you see the name of a player you coached eight years ago reaching out to share news of a personal accomplishment. Or when back in 2017 and your team was a last second shot away from pulling off a Cinderella upset in March Madness, getting back to your phone in the locker room and seeing texts from parents and players that you coached in middle school and high school, lifting you up, saying how proud it made them to see you on TV and how much you mean to their life. My time at Riverdale gave me a lot of things. It gave me the blank canvas to create. It gave me the freedom to explore ideas. It gave me opportunities to fail and reflect. But most of all, 
it gave me the opportunity to learn the importance of people and how doing the right thing, deeply caring about others, and always giving it your best effort can leave a bigger impact on the lives of others, even more so than you can ever imagine. Well, that's a wrap on the first ever Reflection Sessions. It's always interesting to think back to the early days of my career and the decisions that I made to land me where I am today. For sure, making the most out of every opportunity that I was given has definitely been a key ingredient in my career. Again, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Please rate and review the podcast and tune in next episode when we will have a new guest for you as we continue to seek an intellectual approach to maximizing our ability.